I was supposed to be in Spain right now, going from Madrid to San Sebastian. It was going to be my kid's first trip to Europe. It was a trip that I was excited about and also dreading because two children in Europe, you never know how that's going to go. But instead, here I am spending my air quote summer vacation in Northern Virginia at my in-law's house. I am currently recording this in a screened in porch. I can hear insects around me. I hear the occasional firework around me. Not exactly as I planned my summer vacation to go. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. But I thought this week, why not commiserate? Why not talk about summer vacations that can be summer vacations that maybe aren't, but we wish they were, here on Hot Takes on a Plate on the Believe Podcast Network. And joining me is my friend Pervez Shalwani, who I know is a lover of travel and, of course, a lover of food. Currently works at CNN, worked for the Daily Beast, and, of course, was a colleague, I guess. I always get confused with the word colleague, Pervez, because I hear people use it as in co-worker, but also use it as somebody who works in the same field as you, Ed, which is what you did when you were at Newsday. You were their original host of their Feed Me TV. I guess well, we were, I guess rival might be the better word to describe it. Cohorts. We were cohorts. Cohorts. There we go. Co- cohorts. Uh, doing food, video, storytelling on Long Island and uh, Pervez. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. So you'll, you, I, I heard you're going to be in. You were supposed to be in Spain. I was supposed to be in Greece this, this week. It's supposed to be my second week in Greece with, uh, with family. So here that's actually what I was going to ask. My first thing I was going to ask you is, did you have any big trips canceled this summer? You just told me Greece. Greece. We were supposed to. We were supposed to go to Greece last week. We were supposed to be there for two weeks, including this week, and uh, that's not happening. Had you ever so. been to Greece? It's funny. I had not been to Greece until I met my wife, and my wife goes to Greece. Every, literally almost almost every year uh with her father's been going since forever they're not she greek? greek oh no, no they're, they're, okay that's just their thing it's his thing and he teaches these workshops every year there on psychology and he leads these groups there and then they just stay for another week and then uh we've gone and joined them let's see when the child was two and then again three we were there although that said the second time around we were there for a wedding uh, and we were supposed to go this year. The second child hasn't been, and he's just going to have to wait. I mean, I've never been to Greece. The closest I've come is Croatia, which is just such, if you've ever, it's a, a magical place. I picture the coastlines being very similar with the rocky beaches and the crystal clear water and all that amazing, fresh, grilled seafood. Uh, yeah, I, we almost made it to, Cro- uh, to, uh, to Croatia while we were there. Uh, we were in Corfu. Uh and um and we 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 just couldn't make it work so well you're lost but you were in greece so that's fine so what are you doing instead any any other plans this summer so we're moving upstate i know i know it's uh but we're moving upstate next week so that that's that's our big plans this summer we're not we're not doing much of anything has the new york times uh contacted you for a piece i'm sure they're working on about brooklynites moving upstate (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, they have they have not contacted me yet about uh, Brooklynites moving upstate, but uh, you know once 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 we do, who knows what could happen? So, 
Well, here on Hot Takes on a Plate, you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I debate my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts in their areas of expertise. And so, Pervez, I'm going to throw some hot takes at you as they pertain to food and travel and kind of centered around the time that we're in right now. I didn't realize you're going to be debating, but I'm ready for it. It's debate-ish. We'll let we'll we'll start with hot take. I'll throw it out. Wait, wait. You said you listened to the podcast. How did you not know there'd be a debate? I, I I call it friendly banter. De- debate strikes me as like as you know as two people that are you know at opposite ends of a spectrum. You know, I don't know. I mean, look, here's the deal. It's it's all sort of a send up on the idea of hot takes as it is. I mean, I think if you listen to enough shows, you you, you realize that it's kind of a send up on it. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not I'm not Stephen A. Smith. I'm I'm not a, you know, Skip Bayless here. I'm just I'm just a guy who's having some fun. Unless you listen to last week's. That one got a little hot. I did throw out my hottest take, which is that ketchup is delicious on a hot dog. Oh um, my god. So and yes, I'm a that taco guy, so we don't put ketchup on anything, let especially not hot dogs, dude. Well, look, look. Hot dogs for me are childhood. Ketchup is childhood. I, I don't, I, this idea that if it was good when you were a kid, now it's not, I, I just, I don't, I don't subscribe to that, you know? And also if you just break it down, I mean, ketchup, it is sweet and it is acidic and it is tangy and a hot dog is rich and salty. And that makes sense when you combine those two things. There's so many other great things you can put on a hot dog to cut that fat. But childhood like, memories. My thing with the ketchup is once you put ketchup on something, it pretty much ruins the taste of anything else that, you know, that, that is associated with that food. All you taste at that point is ketchup. All you taste afterwards is ketchup. It's the ketchup that lingers. I mean, honestly, the only things I eat ketchup on are hot dogs and French fries. That's it. Like I don't eat ketchup on burgers. I don't eat ketchup on, you know, anything else. That's it. (sighs) Anyway. We're, I, I digress. You're not going to have a fight for two weeks in a row about ketchup. No, no, but I could, I could literally make it something I ask every single person on the show. All right. Well, first thing I'm going to throw at you, since we're talking about New Yorkers, we are a New York centric show, a popular place in general to get away in the summertime, if you're a New Yorker, is the East end of Long Island, specifically the Hamptons. And especially this year, since <laughs> us Americans, we're not allowed anywhere outside our country pretty much at this point. And, you know, look, a lot of people were heading to the Hamptons pre-summertime, you know, people when COVID hit, you know, who have the means were, were going out that way to get more space. And if you ask me, I have always thought the Hamptons are overrated. Like, I just don't get it. Like the price that you pay, because I've looked into like, going like for a weekend or this or that and i go oh my gosh like the amount it costs just to like rent like a really crummy hotel room you could go to europe like i'm not kidding you like it's insane and for what Actually, what are you what are you you're there this past weekend for sure like what are you paying for exactly like i don't even think like i'm sorry like i don't even think the food is like that top notch out in the hamptons i mean if i'm gonna go to the east end and eat i'm going to the north fork there's better eating in the north fork better produce more vineyards i mean all those far i just it's a cooler scene totally so so hot take being hamptons overrated and if you're gonna go out there definitely do the north fork tell me i'm right tell me i'm wrong you're right 
You're 100% right. Uh, in my first year when I was a restaurant critic at Newsday, I had to go spend an entire weekend in the Hamptons uh, doing some reviews. Um, I was the one who was fortunate enough, unfortunate enough, to do the EMP Summer House, the 11 Madison Park Place uh, review for, for Newsday. By far the best meal I had that weekend. Uh, but like the times I spent in the Hamptons, I mean, the Hamptons reminds me of the Upper East Side. It's like overpriced yeah. food. Uh, and it's all about the scene. And people will go to restaurants where the food is terrible and tell you the food is great. And I'm like, are you eating the same thing I'm eating? <laughs> you know, like, like I, there's a beautiful restaurant out there. I don't know if it still exists now or not, but Wolfer, Wolfer states the, you know, the Gatorade of the Hamptons. And they hate when people say, call it the Gatorade of the Hamptons. But, uh, you know. I, oh, I, I thought that was, I thought that was uh, Montauk Brewing. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That might be the new Gatorade of the Hamptons. Uh, <laughs> That's the uh, Gatorade of Brooklyn in the summertime. Yeah. Um, so shoot, Montauk didn't even really used to be considered the Hamptons. Like you know, no, from- that that was the Brooklyn to the Hamptons Upper East Side, as you say. Uh, right. But yeah, no, Mo- that working class Montauk is not working class any longer. It hasn't been for a very long time. Long time. Yep. Uh, though that said, there is one end- restaurant out in Montauk that I really want to try. Uh, it's the Justin Smiley Restaurant. You know, okay. he, he, he's out there at, and I'm forgetting the name of the hotel now I can look it up. Uh, but he's out there doing, uh, cooking at this, uh, at this, I went to look up how much the hotel was at $600 a night. I'll never be going out there. Uh, but he's out there cooking and his photo one, he's an excellent chef. Uh, he used to run this restaurant called Upland here in New York city. Uh, he just went back to, uh, Il Buco Elementari. That's what he yes. started. Uh, he, he, every time I've eaten one of his meals, it's, fabulous and supposedly he and not even supposedly he is out there uh cooking at this new restaurant uh new restaurant at this new hotel out in 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 montauk so uh that seems promising but yeah in general the hamptons i mean to me it's for people who have a lot of money who work the kind of jobs where they can't get away get away and so it's close enough where they can have their little bubble world if you will and they can spend the summer and telecommute and do whatever and for regular folk like you and me i just don't see where we fit in there i I just and for the price i mean gosh like you said like six hundred dollars for a hotel room and what exactly do you get from that hotel room like you know i i just i put me on a plane and send me somewhere cool you know sure uh i i I can get down with that uh I can get down with that. You know, there's the North Fork, man. The North Fork. Oh, the North Fork. I'll tell you my favorite restaurant there. And look, it's new ownership now. So I I, I have not been back. I can't judge. Not exactly. Okay. The North Fork's food truck is my favorite restaurant on the North Fork. North Fork Table and Inn is great, but that food truck, that to me is like, it epitomizes summer. You got the picnic tables you know, the fresh air, especially during COVID, like what would be better? And it's yeah, all the better. things you want to eat, but done really well. Lobster rolls, hot dogs. Uh, they got great pulled pork. You name it. Like the, like the North Forks food truck is, have you had it? It's, it's legit. I have not, I have not been so to the good. food truck. I need to, I need, that's going to have to be the tops on my list if I make it out there this summer. Yeah. I, I, I loved it. I loved it. And, and, you know, back when, I don't know if she's, Still involved or not, Claudia Fleming? I, I you know, I, obviously it was sold um, right. not too long ago, but but back in the day, like I'd go out there, and 
Claudia, James Beard award-winning pastry chef, sure. one of the greatest pastry chefs in the world, would be working the food truck because that's that's what she, that's how she rolls. Like it's no joke. She rolls up her sleeves and she gets to work. And so, um, yeah, always cool. Since we're talking about food trucks, does the Eight Hand Eight Hands Farm still have its food truck? I don't know. Excellent food truck. Uh, I would imagine if you're a farm, you got to have a good food truck. I would hope. I would hope so too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Eight Hands Farm. That's a perfect example of a place where, where you know, it's the best of all worlds. You get some of the best meat. You have this guy who's the who's the butcher there, who's also a charcuterie maker. Nobody does. Nobody does charcuterie, uh, or very few people do charcuterie anymore. Uh, and he's doing it all from scratch with, with uh, meat from the farm. So, and I think McCary, uh, their their vineyard, um, I think they had they have a pizza truck out there that was supposedly very very good, like like legitimate wood fired pizzas. Yes. So lots of good food trucks, definitely out on the North Fork. Okay. Next hot take to throw your way. Now, obviously, you're you said you're moving upstate. A lot of city folk are are gonna take vacations and they're looking or they're buying homes um, or renting homes in the Hudson Valley or the Catskills. And the thing that kills me about it is how those areas were were overlooked until the hipsters found them. You know, once the hipsters came, you know, the Catskills were forgotten about since the Borscht Belt, but then the hipsters came along and it was like, ooh, the Catskills. And those places always had beautiful nature and all the things that people love. But then, of course, the hipsters came and then the restaurants came and that's all fine and dandy. But my hot take is if you're going to head north for a road trip vacation this year, skip the Catskills, skip the Hudson Valley, because... I mean, you're the restaurant scene is probably not going to be as prevalent a player as it would usually be. Odds are you're probably going to cook in more and grill. So why not go to Lake George? Why not go to the Finger Lakes? Why not go to Maine? Go somewhere more secluded. Go somewhere where you can save a little money because it's probably not as in demand. That's that's my hot take. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I, I do love the Hudson Valley, my friend. Uh, and there are some beautiful, beautiful homes up there to be. Hey, I'm a Hudson Valley native, so I have. It's not a diss against the Hudson Valley. I just think it's funny well, where that we're. we're I grew up in Dutchess County, so okay. I grew up in Fishkill, and yeah. you know my parents now currently live in Highland, and they used to live in Hopewell Junction, and okay. it, I I get it. It's just funny because it was never cool, and then and then Dia Beacon and Beacon became like this thing, and it's hysterical to me because <laughs> I remember the before. I mean, like, look, even Woodstock is, you know, where my wife grew up is it sort of jumped the shark at this point. But like, I don't know, some of the lakes up there and the swimming holes and, and you know, you're not that far from New York City. You can go up there for the day and you can come back uh, the same day. Like you go to a place like Rhinebeck and there's this place called Abu's Falafel and it's fabulous, you know, and you get takeout falafel and you just keep going or. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, look, I love Maine, too. I I, I can eat. Like my challenge in Maine is try to not eat lobster for every meal of every day. Like, you know, even lobster omelets. I'm like all of a sudden being like, yeah, I need that. So. <laughs> have you, uh, have you been to Portland? You've been to Portland. Oh, I love Portland. What's your favorite restaurant in Portland? Oh my God. It's been so long since I've been to Portland. Um, yeah, I can't even remember what restaurants, you know, that are up there that I've been to. Um, 
yeah, it's been a long time. You know, what's funny is I went there for my 40th birthday with some guys and we rented a house and we just like ate and ate and ate. And I, I don't want to diss a restaurant, but there was a restaurant that was that that we ate at that had made Bon Appetit's top 10 restaurants in America list that year. And it was the most underwhelming place we ate at the entire week. Huh. It was they were known for their like roast chicken. And I'm like, I've had a better roast chicken at Perennial in Garden City. <laughs> like, wow. like straight up. So um, and by the way, that's a perennial, uh, you know, sad that it, it, it closed recently because that was a fantastic uh, Long Island restaurant. I, I knew them when they were in New York City. Fantastic. Uh, they're they're fab, fabulous people. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I didn't but, even yeah. hear they closed, but I'm, I'm sad to hear that. What was the restaurant? Now I'm drawing a blank myself. There was a restaurant in Portland that was easily my favorite one. It was like this hipster Asian place. It's owned by the people that own Eventide. And I'm drawing a blank on it right now. But it was like it was like that place that it was like on my list, but like kind of like a secondary place on my list of places to go. But it was everything else was crowded and we went there and it was so good. And I'm literally this is the fun about um podcast i'm literally googling the restaurant right now while we're talking because why not this is this is podcasting uh, honey paw honey paw yeah I, I i am definitely That's if, if i do make it somewhere this summer it is going to be portland because i have a really good buddy of mine who owns a house on the on an island right off the coast there so we might go visit him so that there's a good chance we could end up in portland where we'll then do We'll do some uh, do some serious eating. Yeah, so. dine at the Honey Paw. Okay, that was a really fantastic place. Also, a place um, one of my favorite places actually in Westchester now has a Portland Maine branch. Believe it or not, Coles C O A L S. It's a if they have a place in Westchester. It's it's a pizza place. Um, they have two of them, Bronxville and Portchester, and it's that Providence style grilled pizza. Uh, you lost me on grilled pizza. Really? I, I will give it a shot. Oh, it's so good. It's um, they they take the dough and they let it sit in olive oil, and right. when they stretch it out and grill it, it almost, it almost plays like like paratha. Like it gets like okay. almost even though it's grilled, it's almost like because it's in oil, it gets almost like fried, if you will. So it's thin and it's crisp and so it's, it's like super not light. As chewy as a pizza would be. It, it's it's got no it's not not super chewy but it's like super light like you could just demolish like what looks like an entire oh, pie the, the photos look good i'm looking at it now you, you convinced me to start googling so yes oh also underrated they do a fantastic burger just simple burger but like really good get on their uh what's with pizza places doing burger emily here in, <laughs> in new york uh you know yeah, they've all, they've always been good for bur- oh, and craft beer. They have really really well curated selection of craft beer. They do a great job with craft beer. Uh, I'm gonna put that on my list of places that we need to stop at when we're going up and down from uh, the Hudson Valley. So, so we're talking travel here on hot takes on a plate, and my oh, my next sorry, hot take is real quick. You're talking about your 40th birthday. Yes, that my 40th birthday might be my might be the pinnacle of my life. So my wife somehow some was able to pull off the surprise of surprises. For my bachelor party, I really wanted to go to Opie de Cachon. I wanted to go to Montreal. 
I could not convince <laughs> any of my friends to go to I mean, what, what place feels more bachelor party than go to a de Cachon. Okay. Right? So, so I, when you're done with this, I, you just, you just segued into another segue. I, oh I've got a, I've got I, a bachelor I, party I, Montreal story. Go on. So, you know, I wouldn't want to go to Pete de Cachon forever. I wanted, you know, the pig head to show up at the table and the duck in a can to show up at the table. Like I just wanted to have this like epic eating night for my bachelor party. We ended up going to Zaha for my bachelor party. It was wonderful. Uh, you know, I'm friends with Michael Solomonov. He totally hooked it up. We had magnums of, uh, of Kava. It was amazing. Oh but, yeah. Rough, rough one, rough yeah. one, rough uh, meal. Uh, but, um, uh, we are, I'm actually shooting an episode of Phoebe. We're at Penn station and, uh, we wrap up and I'm supposed to go away for the weekend. My wife picks me up and we start driving and I have an inkling of like, you know, we're probably going, uh, to Canada. Uh, I don't know why, but you know. Uh, or to Montreal, but like, you know, I hadn't been convinced. Finally, we get in the car, we start driving and she tells me we're going to Montreal. So we go to Montreal. I didn't know we were going to Pete de Cachon. I also didn't know who was coming. Uh, so we get to Montreal, we check into our Airbnb and we were doing all this wonderful eating and just people are just showing up. And I'm like, Oh my God, you invited like every single one of my friends. Like there's 20 of my friends. Um, and finally we, she orders a limo. Uh, and we get in a limo and she couldn't get us a reservation at Opie de Cachon. Instead, she got us a reservation at Sugar Shack. But the only <laughs> reservation that was, oh, it gets better. So the only reservation she was able to get at Sugar Shack was the, sh- uh, was the kitchen. Now, have you, now, now set the scene. So, so for people who don't know what Sugar Shack is, in fact, if you don't know what Sugar Shack is, this is what you should do after you listen to this podcast. Go on Netflix, watch the latest season of is it somebody feed phil am i getting the name of the show right yeah, with yeah, phil yeah. rosenthal sure, yeah. and uh he actually goes to sugar shack with, with my friend jeff gordon here and it's That's hysterical right. and it's tremendous and so so make sure to check that out but but it, it's it's it's, it's gluttony it's gluttony oh it's, describe it, was, it it was unreal so sugar shack it's an old sh- sugar shack which is you know where where you, you, you they uh, tap maple trees and they get maple syrup and then they you know they uh, they process it for which you is know. a massive thing in Montreal. Like maple syrup is huge uh, in, in a Quebec. Maple syrup tree probably in everybody's backyard tap. Like people are just making it in their own house. Uh, like I, that's how much maple syrup there is up there. Uh, Vermont too, but uh, and I'm sure northern New York. So we arrive at the restaurant. We walk in. I can't believe we're going. Like I was like, okay, this restaurant's amazing. I had no idea we had the chef's table. So we walk in. There's 15 of us at the chef's table, uh, and I mean, we're seeing everything. It's literally happening all right in front of us, uh, and it's unreal. Um, and then the hostess walks up, and she's like, okay. She points to a wall, and she says, "Pick your weapon." And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I, so, I was, and she pulls out a bottle of champagne, a, a magnum of champagne. And so we're about to savor this bottle of champagne, I realize. So I pick the cleaver, we go out back, and I savor the bottle of champagne. Uh, nice. Had you ever sabered? Uh, yeah, uh, my wife and I are obsessed with sabering. <laughs> this is just like what you do in your backyard in it's, Brooklyn? It's you, just, you just saber? There might, there, might be multiple, <laughs> there might be multiple videos on my Instagram of sabering of bottles of champagne. Uh, it's, 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 it's a little bit ridiculous. I never sabered a bottle of champagne until I met my wife, and now it's just like we saber a lot of bottles of champagne. And you know what? Hey, look, if, if you ever like, you know, like if you need like home protection, you have the, 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 the saber to, it's like, it looks like a machete kind of like, you know, it's, it's a great defense thing. No, you can, you can just do it with a head. We just do it with a really, really heavy chef's knife. Uh, (laughs) You should go watch people should go. You should Google sabering a bottle of champagne. This uh, person tries to do it on air. And I forget if it's some local TV channel. Uh, 
and supposedly some sort of expert. And two bottles she tries to do, and the bottle shatter. What they realize afterwards, because they've been sitting under the hot light, Ooh. they've gotten too warm, and the bo- that's why the bottles were shattering. Wow. Okay, uh, so you're in you're in Sugar Shack. You're right. you're you're sabering bottles of champagne. You got uh, 15 food, friends they, at a chef's table. Yeah, and they've and the same with Sugar Shack. It's it's they, the chefs spend. They're only open for several, a few months out of the year, not open the whole year. Uh, and the chefs go spend some time in some far off place, uh, learning the food and the cuisine there and eating there. And then they come back and they apply whatever's local, uh, to, to the, to the, to the meal you're going to have. Um, and so they had been in Southern Italy, I want to say. Um, and the food was just, it was just outrageous. Uh, my food, the one thing I take away is like, I mean, these guys, these guys definitely have a lot of character. Uh, they were making this um they were glazing this tart and they had put it on a record player and so they were letting it spin on the record player and that's how they were that's how they were putting the pastry cream on it Uh, you know montreal it's funny because you mentioned bachelor party um i actually my my sister-in-law's now husband who i i i love um, had his bachelor party in Montreal a few years ago, and he is a good decade younger than me. So I was the I was like the the cool old man on the trip. But given that my job was food, I was put in charge of the epic dinner for that weekend. And it turns out I had a friend who was a restaurateur in Westchester who just happened to own a restaurant in the W Hotel in Montreal, which oh it no longer exists. It was called Etre Avec Toi, Eat. And he did this thing called the Eat Feast. What is the Eat Feast, you ask? The I Eat Feast. <laughs> involved, it starts with seafood towers. And then there is a suckling pig roast. And you go into the kitchen as a group. And you toast with champagne in the kitchen with the chef, the pig, before it gets carved up. And you in and there's unlimited craft beer, and it was it was a time to be had. And I won't get into the rest of the details of that weekend. Um, I will say this. I will okay, I will share this detail. Um, it did come up at dinner that everybody in the group, and by the way, there were 23 guys on this trip. Just wrap your head around that. 23 dudes in, in Montreal, all a decade younger than me. It did come up that they wanted. Montreal bagels. Everybody goes to Montreal and has the bagels. They're, right. they're different than New York and they're, they're legendary. So I get up now sleeping in for me. You can relate to this pervase because you're a, a dad of young children. Like I slept in sleeping in is like nine 30. Like that's, that's sleeping in. That's like a luxury. So I go out, I fetch bagels. I get four dozen bagels for the group, bring them back to the hotel. People don't start waking up till 1130 noon, you know, right. so we, we break out the bagels. We eat the bagels. Somebody goes, after we're done, what do we do next? So I'm going, I don't know. What are we going to do? Like, let's let's get outside, right? Let's get on a boat. Let's let's do something. Uh, let's go get brunch. <laughs> I'm like, what? And, and, you, right? and you want to know where we went for brunch? Great expectation. Oh, my. Yeah. So that was the crew I was hanging with. Just <laughs> letting you know. But anyway, the reason I tell this story about Montreal and about the feast is because what it did was it also, besides just loving that city to begin with, it actually led to the, the most fun episode of restaurant Hunter I ever did, which was, I was able to talk my bosses into a Montreal 
road trip. And we went and we went to Etre Vectois and we recreated the Eat Feast. And my friend Peter Chase, who is the owner of the place, may have brought in some models to sit at the table with us and a DJ when we did the scene. And it was the most gonzo thing I have ever done in my career. But that city has got and we went to Montreal Plaza, which was just on somebody feed fill, which that place is is wild. And I just I have such love for Montreal and I wish we could go right now. But I'm pretty sure we're not allowed in Canada. Are we at this point? We are. I'm Canadian and I'm not allowed in Canada. So uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know you were Canadian. I would, expect, I would have to. You can go. You just have to quarantine for 14 days. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Let me throw another hot take your way. And that is, this is, I think it's a pretty obvious one, but then I go on Instagram and it doesn't seem very obvious. And that is that if I'm going to travel right now, I'm not going to any of these places that are COVID hotspots. Like I'm not going to Florida. First off, I'm not getting on a plane right now, but I'm not going to Florida. I'm not going to Texas. I'm not going to Arizona. I'm not going to California. I'm not going, but like, I see people doing it. And I think that's insane. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Am I, am I crazy? Yeah, I think it's insane for the people who are traveling here to New York city from other places, you know, like, I don't know. Like I, all I can say is everything's a risk. Uh, obviously some things are higher risk than other risks, but like, you know, the minute you leave your house, you're, 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 you're opening yourself up to risk. So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be going to Florida. I wouldn't be going to Texas. I wouldn't be going to California. Uh, I'm surprised that the people, and not only that, if you're from New York and you're flying to Florida, California, Texas, or any other of the hotspots, when you come back, you got to quarantine for 14 days now. I mean, I guess nobody's technically forcing you to, but still, like, why would you want to? Here's the thing. Okay, the other thing the planes, the planes, the planes, the planes. If a, restaurants can't fill their restaurants right now, capacity, whatever. The planes are doing whatever they want. And I don't get it. Like stale air on a plane next elbow to elbow with people that you don't know where they're coming or going. 100%. Taking their mask off to, even if they have to wear their mask on the plane, they're taking it off to have their, their beverage, their snack. Like heck no. Like what is, this shouldn't even be allowed. Like, like America, here's the thing about America. We don't sacrifice well. We are bad at sacrificing, especially for the greater good. We want what we want and we want it now, dang it. And that is why we are where we are with COVID right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm getting worked up, I know, because I just, I just, well, look, I, I, I'm I losing get, my mind with this. I wouldn't get on a plane. Like, I have a hard time walking into a restaurant. Have you gone and eaten a meal anywhere yet? Heck no. Like, I can't I'm, do the same. I mean, look, the, some people are eating every weekend. I think I I don't know. We've been going to the beach every weekend. We go I have we, been to the beach. I have been to the beach. We went yesterday. We went the day before. We went last weekend. We went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Uh, we go to the beach a lot. And at the beach, you know, as you as you might remember, over at uh Reese Park, the the Reese Park um uh, um food bazaar now and the um rockaway clam bar is back and they have uh and we did it last weekend it was and i realized that was the my first out my first restaurant meal was at the 
was at the beach bazaar. We ended up having some uh, fried clams, and look, people are freaked out. I mean, you know, but are there are there like servers, or is it like fast casual? First, so the way they have it set up now is that I think there were only three of however many, um, three or four of however many um, stands they used to have were open. You what you they made us. I think this is the rule there. If you're gonna go and take one of the picnic tables, you have to order an alcoholic beverage. Okay. Uh, and so I was me and my two kids, and then a buddy of mine and his kid, uh, who you know we, we we've agreed to be part of the bubble, or you know we've allowed them into our bubble. Um, and we walk in, we sit down, but like, and then a server from each one of the establishments will come to you and take your order. Okay. Back on you know your they encourage you to use uh, your phone or a tap card on the on the machine, so there's as little uh, as little. Uh, uh, contact as possible. Uh, but like, you could see they were freaked out. I remember at one point somebody's like, you know, I stood up with my kid, uh, because he stood up or whatever. And they're like, you have to sit back down. You have to put your mask on and sit back down. And I'm like, okay, this is where we are. So, yeah. I mean, look, my thing, obviously dining outside is much safer than inside. And at this point I'm, I'm doing takeout, I'm doing delivery, I'm doing all of that. But my my issue is it's not the restaurants, it's the patrons. Right. So, you know, if you, if all the servers are, and by the way, I'm sure you can hear fireworks behind me, of course, because, you know. Shockingly, but, you can hear fireworks behind me. Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. So um, anyway, uh, you know, the, the obviously the servers are, are going to be, well, they're supposed to be wearing masks. Um, I have heard some stories of some places where they're not, believe it or not. But servers wearing masks but going to tables where once you sit down you're allowed to take it off right and right and the thing is what i think a lot of people fail to recognize is the mask protects the other person it doesn't protect you as much so the server by wearing a mask is protecting you the patron sitting down the diner but if you're not wearing your mask you are putting that server in harm's way if you are asymptomatic or whatever. And so I just, I can't really wrap my head around that right now. And so, you know, obviously I want to see restaurants succeed. I know you want to see restaurants succeed, but there is just sort of, I don't know. There's, there's a danger level about all of this that I just, you know, I don't know. There's other ways. I mean, I, you and I talked, you know, before we started the podcast about how much we love the gumbo bros and they were doing crawfish boils. I think this past weekend was their last one and, or maybe it was two weekends ago. And I did two crawfish boils this season. You know, that's my way of supporting a place. And I brought it home and I had a little picnic in my, in my dining room, you know? But, you know, and, and, and he's done fairly well, but like his food also translates to takeout really well. Yes, it does. You can do takeout, no problem. Um, and, you know, the crawfish boils help. But, like, you know, I, I don't know how much staff he's able to support. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine today uh, who's a chef, and he's saying, he's saying, like, look, you know, for up to us, we would keep the restaurant closed until, until you know, uh, until it was safe to reopen. But, like, you know, we have staff to support, and, like, uh and the only way can we can support that staff is by you know by reopening. So they reopen with the patio. They have they're still doing takeout. And they're doing you know these dinners, uh, and like this is the way that they can get their staff to come back. You know, you, and like, 
I'm curious as somebody who has, you know, been in food media, I have a very strong feeling right now about the fact that a lot of food media, and not all food media, because a lot of food media are not doing this, but a lot of food media, it feels like, and media in general, they're they're sort of being cheerleaders right now versus objective journalists. Uh, you know, obviously there are big exceptions to this. A lot of restaurant critics have penned pieces in the last couple of weeks saying, I'm a restaurant critic and I'm not dining out right now and right. here's why. Uh, but on the flip side of that, a lot of the more local publications, if you will, I feel like they're going out there and they're going on their social media and showing you, oh, look at this place and look at that place and they're open. And, you know, there's a a local news channel that's that does like a thing that's I think it's called like we're open or something like right. that. And it's like, I understand, but also you have to be able to look at things with a critical eye because, sure. you know, as much it, it's a fine line, as much as we want businesses to succeed, we also don't want people getting sick and you have to be able to show both sides of it. You can't just be a blind cheerleader. Right. 100%. I think, you know, look, I think you're, I think you need to, you need to follow the guidelines for, uh, for what is to show the risks, uh, not just to you, but to, you know, the places that you're visiting, but at the same time, like, look, if those places, you know, are willing to take the risks, uh, and balance the risks and open up, then, you know, you present, these are the people that are willing to, you know, are willing to do that. So I, I you know, I, but I think, I think the key is like, if you're going to present the story, don't just say such and such is open. Show right. me how they're open. Right. Show me what their protocols are, you know, 100%. give, give credit to places that are doing it right. Right. I mean, I got takeout from Lucali a couple of weeks ago sure. and I was blown away by like how they had this thing all set up. Like sure. you call in your pizza order. They tell you when to pick it up. Right. So they give you a time. So there's not like a ton of people waiting outside. Right. Uh, they have markers out on the sidewalk to show you how far apart you need sure. to be. They have plexiglass. They don't let you in at the door. There's plexiglass. So you're talking through plexiglass. So you, even if you're not wearing a mask, you can't spread germs to their employees. Sure. They're cash only, but they have a bucket that they slide under. So you're not actually physically handing somebody money. Right. You know, all those little things I go, okay, that's, that's there. They got, they get it. You know, and I, and that's that's the kind of stuff that I think should be highlighted. It shouldn't just be look at this place; it's open. Go eat there right, right now, right? Uncritically, right? No, I, I mean, you know, maybe may, it. I'd I'd love to hear what restaurant critics think about like having to take that into account right now as they're reviewing places. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that it, it's it's you know, they're, you're not just taking into account how you know how they're sort of reinventing themselves in this in this atmosphere. You're taking into account how they're you know how and like look that should be something you're right that is something that should be highlighted and celebrated because guess what you as the consumer also want to go to places that are thinking about exactly your exactly it's 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 important information and you know i also am shocked at how some places handle their social media accounts right now and the things they put on there i mean right you know, don't emphasize to me how much you're washing your hands and cleaning your kitchen because you should have been doing that already Right. You know, exactly. that's not like a new thing. Like right. show me the innovative ways you're keeping people safe. Right. Don't just tell me you're washing hands. I hope you're washing your hands every time. Right. Like that's not new. If that's new, oh boy. Right. <laughs> like, we got a problem. You got a problem. 
Well, Pervez, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here on Hot Takes on a Plate. And I hope you have a wonderful summer. And even though you're not going to Greece, I'm sure you'll have fun upstate. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me, my friend. Absolutely. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Check them out at B-L-E-A-V.com. You can check me out on social media at Rob Patron TV on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show, follow it, and leave a comment. If you're on Apple Podcasts, rate it five stars, of course. Till next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao.